BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Money Movers, welcome back to Money Moves, the daily podcast determined to give you the keys to the kingdom of financial stability, wealth, and abundance. I'm your host, Tanya Sam, and today's guest is a friend, but also a regional administrator for the Environmental Protection Agency. Mr. Daniel Blackman, welcome to the podcast. Hey, it's been a long time and COVID has been the best and worst of situations. We've had more time with our families and our friends and our loved ones. But in that same respect, uh, we're, we're further apart than we should be. And it's, it's even though it's virtual, it's great to see you. You can say that again. Oh, Daniel, it's great to see you. Now, you have spent years and years in Atlanta, you know, doing such incredible and powerful work. And for those in our audience who don't know what you do, can you sort of talk about your history, both in politics and in the Atlanta scene? I feel like I look behind you and probably your backdrop is a little bit exemplatory of that, but I think there's more to be said. I mean, it's it's an interesting journey. My family's from Barbados. And so my family, I'm first generation. My family got here by way of my grandfather serving in the United Nations, my father enlisting into the military when I was very young. And uh, so I was born in Boston, but moved to uh, Vicenza, Italy, and spent some very early years overseas. Uh, we were then stationed in Columbus, Georgia, where I went to middle school and high school. And then I was very fortunate and privileged to be recruited to go to Clark Atlanta University. Um, so I'm an right. HBCU alum, uh, proud of my city, proud of my institution. My wife is a Spelman alum. And so we have a lot of ties to the rich history of the city. Mm-hmm. 
the irony and you asked me about politics i started off in entertainment you know i was i was working for arista records i, I worked for you know andre harrell for a little while i worked for uh clive davis i was very fortunate and then i met maynard jackson yeah. and for all of us that have ever met uh maynard or congressman john lewis or any of our icons uh when they called man you listen Absolutely. and you know the reason why i had a relationship with andrew young uh reverend james orange uh uh, you know, Reverend Lowry, C.T. Vivian, Reverend Gerald Durley, these guys were all a part of, of my tribe, man. They were uh, the, the individuals that helped to catapult me to where I am. So when I, you know, left uh, working in music, um, I, I actually began to do voter registration, helped Shirley Franklin get elected and, and became a very close friend of Shirley's for a while. And uh, three years after that, I met Senator Barack Obama, uh, worked on his campaign, ultimately served on three White House initiatives. But prior to that, my life changed. Uh, Hurricane Katrina happened. And when Hurricane Katrina happened, I, I, I like everybody else, millions of people, I wanted to know why. Yeah. And I was on I was on a talk show, man, on um, earlier uh, after it happened. And I remember being in Atlanta and seeing the images of, of climate refugees, our community, um, you know, up to their waist in water. You know, not having food, not having electricity, not having what running water. And um, and it hurt me because that I was literally watching our community underwater with no answer, right. no, no, right. no one that looked like us to explain mm -hmm. what climate change and global warming was and why the weather had shifted in such a violent way. And that was my entry point. So when Obama got elected, I worked on two or three White House initiatives, including one called the Clean Power Plan, mm -hmm. got involved in you know, uh, energy issues. I grew up with asthma. Um, my son is a standout athlete. He has an emergency inhaler on the sideline. And look, you know, there there is a quote that Frederick Douglass made one time that said, it's better to build strong boys than to repair broken men. Ooh, and so for me- that again, and, that's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but but it's real. Like that quote alone made me understand that it was my responsibility, our responsibility to raise a stronger community or to repair a broken one down the line. Yep. And I saw a huge sense of brokenness in our public health, right? And so I wanted to be in a space which so happened to be environmental issues and environmental justice and equity. I wanted to be in that space and was very fortunate early in my career to have met the right people, done the right things and navigated in a way where I can now focus on clean water, clean air and so many of the areas. And now I am the first African-American male first black male to ever serve as regional administrator for the Environmental Protection Agency in Region 4. And it's such an honor. And so I'm very happy to be here. Love what the show is doing. Love what the community is doing. And just happy to add my voice to such an important conversation. No, and you know, we really appreciate it because this is one of those things when we talk about the Environmental Protection Agency, a lot of people are like, well, what do they do? What does that mean? Why is that important? And you know, conversations like this that I feel like they're so critical because as constituents, as citizens, like we need to understand the power of what people like you, when you sit in roles, what it does and how it trickles down to us. Like you think about Flint, Michigan and what happened there. So seeing someone that looks like us in powerful roles like this is really important. And I'm really glad to just sort of share your story and get a better understanding of, you know, what you do in this role and what it means for us as citizens. Yeah. And I think it's important that we find these intersections because when people think about your show and when people think about money and, and economics, we, we don't think of ownership in many cases. Yeah. And 
very fortunate in at EPA to work on the agricultural side. And I would even go as far as talk about land because 60, 70 years ago, black folks in this country owned 18 million acres of land in the United States. We now own less than 2 million, right? So the fact that we have lost over 15 and a half million acres of land due to a lack of secession planning, uh, unfortunate challenges that our land has been taken, uh, challenges where our communities have not been able to pass it down. And so we have to rethink what ownership looks like, what generational wealth looks like, and what generational health looks like. It's great to talk about wealth, but if you're not healthy enough to be around, to to invest and support your families and take care of your community, then the wealth means nothing. So we've got to simultaneously build health and wealth at the same time. The EPA gives a, a, a tremendous platform for my voice to help to lead in that conversation in every community throughout the country. I mean, that is a staggering statistic of how much land lost to black people in, over the years. I mean, and when we're talking about how to build generational wealth, like a lot of the wealth in this country is seen through like people whose families passed on land, lumber and steel. Like, right. And I mean, it's changing now. We have technology and different influences. But that is, I mean, the loss that our communities suffer when I hear that. I just I get it. I get how this keeps you up at night. It does. But I think, you know, so it's it's in my thinking. Right. Because I'm an optimist, you know, with every challenge we have, I view as an opportunity. And so, you know, there are black farmers that need this information. There are landowners. There are, you know, young men and women that are looking for the next opportunity in their lives. And I'm very fortunate when you look at our communities. EPA is one of the only uh, agencies in the federal government that I personally believe mm-hmm. can help directly impact our communities as it relates to recovery and and and, re- and realistically in restoration, right? Because if you want to know why COVID hit our communities so hard, mm-hmm. it was because of pre-existing conditions. It was because we suffer from asthma rates. We suffer from respiratory rates. We live as black men uh, 10 years less than our white male counterparts. And our black women live eight years less than our white female counterparts, right? So when we think about why life expectancy is a challenge, why are are, are black women and brown women, right. why are the, the, the rates in childbirth that are very uh, uh, disproportionate, why do these things happen? And it's because of the air we breathe, it's because of the water we drink, it's because of what you mentioned earlier about Flint, Michigan, it's multiple areas. And knowing and understanding that Flint was the one we saw. And there are hundreds, if not thousands of other Flints out there that exist that are compromising the health and the longevity and the success of our communities. And and again, that's why this position, while we might not know as much about it, is so critical to the longevity of our society and of our communities. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So, buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So, how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, 
Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. So, like, as you know, citizens, as you know, we try to inform ourselves as much as possible and make the best decisions, you know, make the best choices for people in power, etc. What can we do? Because I do feel like, you know, when we talk about global warming, we talk about water quality, we talk about air quality, climate change, like, what can we do to make sure that our communities are protected? Well, the first is platforms like this, whether it's media or it's reading or getting information and knowing, you know, I, I'm, I applaud President Biden and Administrator Reagan um, in, in trusting me right in this position and in working to make sure that environmental justice, equity and health are not just talking points, but they're priorities and driving the investment of those priorities is something that we need to do. So here's how we can, you know, kind of shift that narrative. Number one, we can look throughout our communities and identify areas that we can rebuild, mm -hmm. right? We've seen how gentrification has fundamentally transformed our society, right? I, I was born in Boston, Massachusetts. There's a place in Boston called Mattapan. And my family lived in Mattapan for a long time. Mattapan now because of gentrification, just like Atlanta Avenue, Atlantic right. Avenue in Brooklyn or Auburn Avenue in Atlanta. Yep. When we think about it, we have to start thinking ahead, right? And understanding that we can rent and we can live but when you look at income inequality and you look at health disparities, what happens is that we now are seeing that we're being driven out of our of our communities, not because, you know, we're any less valuable or, or less better than any other community. It's because we lack the understanding and education, right, and access that would help us transform our communities. So I encourage everybody to look at your, your, your com community and think, think long term, right? Don't think a month ahead or a week ahead, mm -hmm. think five, six, seven years ahead. 
Look at your children every day and understand that they are living messages to a future that many of us will never see. Yeah. So the information you didn't get from your grandmother, or from your uncle, or maybe that you did get, we've got to pass it on, right? Because we've got to rethink and revision our communities. Atlanta has fundamentally changed since the 1996 Olympics. I it has fundamentally changed. Yeah. Exactly, right? And, and from the film industry. So when we think of film, we think of sports, we think of entertainment. Now we got to think of green space, right? Now we got to think when COVID happened and there were foods uh, off of shelves at, at grocery stores, how do we grow our own food, right? How do we create community gardens? So I would encourage people to understand what is available, not just with EPA, but with the with USDA, right? With agriculture, with with opportunities that exist through grants, through community partnerships, and through organizing locally to make sure you have the infrastructure you need and you're in place to be able to build something stronger. And then second, I'll get these last two really quickly. The second one is I would encourage every single person that's listening to make sure that you are active participant in your local government. Your mm -hmm. local governments determine how money comes into your community and how it's distributed understand who your local representatives are and hold them accountable so that when you hear a person like me say hey 1.2 billion dollars is coming into my region right you know to go to your city councilman and say i heard this guy talk about the environment he talked about brownfields and superfund sites and i don't understand all these things but i know these monies are coming into my community and i'd like to be able to understand how we can benefit from it and lastly it goes back to what we said about the farmers uh we as a community have to stop thinking about our block. We gotta stop thinking about our neighborhood. We gotta start thinking about the farmers in Albany, Georgia that look like us and Tuskegee, Alabama that look right. like us and South Alabama that look like us. We've gotta stop looking at Southwest Atlanta and taking a whole of society view on where our community is and where we're being left behind. Because guess what? 40, 50 years from now, because of climate change, the coastal lines in Savannah and in Charleston, South Carolina, and Miami, Florida may not be there. And if we're not thinking decades ahead, then we're going to be left behind and in further challenges than we see today. Wow. I mean, that's so much to unpack. And, you know, I think what really resonates with me is like, the job is on us as a community. Yeah. Like we all wear the mantle. And I think some of us are struggling to figure out, you know, where can I make the most impact? And I mean, it's like small things that you talk about community gardens, growing green spaces. How do we initiate those actions? And like, where can the average person, you know, there's a mom who's, you know, in her community and there is no green space. So she wants her, her son to be able to go outside. He has asthma and have at least some more trees around there. So maybe it'll, you know, lessen the impacts of his asthma and he wants to be outside. Where do we begin? The first lesson, most valuable lesson I learned was with my first home purchase. Um, I was able to, to purchase a home in Atlanta under what was called then the tax allocation district, where they gave money to first time home buyers and encouraged people to move back in the communities. And my wife and I decided we wanted our first home in the community. We wanted to we wanted to live in a community. We wanted to help to transform. And we moved into the community. And I remember the first time we wanted to go out to a nice restaurant just to go out to eat and get a salad and, you know, get 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 some fruits and vegetables and just, you know, just regular. Right. Yeah. And we lived off of Metropolitan. And I remember as soon as you left out of our house, there were at least 10 uh, fast food restaurants within a mile of each other. Right. And I remember the first time I had a chance to work with Michelle Obama. It was on her Let's Move campaign. And I'll never forget what she said about food deserts. 
And I remember hearing her saying it, not realizing that I lived in a food desert. Yeah. Right. What is a food desert? It's an area that has an overwhelming amount of re- of, of, of uh, food that does not add nutritional value to us. No. Right. So when you think of a, of a sprouts or a whole foods or any facility that 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 uh, that has fresh produce or a, a, a farmer's market, nine times out of 10, they weren't in our communities. Yeah. So the first thing I would encourage a single mom or a single father or anybody that lives in these communities, whether you're a renter or a homeowner, is to encourage your local, again, back to local government, encourage these kind of things. Go to the NPU and zoning planning Go meetings. Go to the NPU, and- absolutely. Yeah, we, we want a garden, right? Yeah. I mean, we th- there was an opportunity a couple of years ago when we supported uh, a local foundation here in Atlanta and we got uh, six $1,500 grants to give to schools, right, in Southwest Atlanta that wanted to have uh, uh, community gardens. Because we went into these schools and we asked kids, where do your potatoes came from? Where, where does your ha- where does the beef in your hamburger come from? You know what their answers were? Kroger. That was their answer. They didn't equate potatoes and broccoli with a with garden. With a farm and growth and, oh, wow, They, didn't, they yeah. didn't equate it to farming and growth yep. and 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 the and the things that built our community and our society they didn't understand that beef came from a, from a cow they knew it but their their understanding of where the source where that came from was not from the animals so we have to do a better job that, people yeah. like myself which is why we are committing ourselves to education access and opportunity it's why we have 115 uh positions that we get to fill in region 4 um region 4 just so you know is georgia florida alabama Mississippi, Tennessee, Kentucky, and uh, I think I'm missing one, but we also have six federally recognized tribes. 67 million people are in Region 4, which includes the state of Georgia. And I get a chance to use this space to educate people and to give this information I'm sharing with you today, 365 days out of the year. And I absolutely love it. And I'm so thankful I'm in the position to do it. I feel it. I love it. I love it so much. And Daniel, we are running out of time today, but we're going to have you back for a deep dive. And we're going to talk more about this because you piqued my interest now, because now you're talking about money that's out there from the EPA, jobs that you're creating and change that you're creating. And those are some of my favorite things. Before we leave, Daniel, can you tell our audience where they can find you on social media? Yeah. So there are a couple of things. Number one, you can go to epa.gov. Uh, the majority of information, and I'm going to pull something up so I give you the right information, but the right, the, the majority of what you can do is go to epa.gov and you can find the information. You can also on Twitter go to at EPA Southeast. Um, and that is EPA, like uh, for Environmental Protection Agency. Okay. Go on online. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on all forms of social media and you can contact us directly. And um, I'm happy to be on the show anytime I can support your platform, be on this show and get information out to the community. That's what we're here for. We're here to be supportive. And if you would go online, uh, if, if you want to email us directly, um, you can email me at uh, blackman.daniel at epa.gov. Okay. And uh, I'm very happy to be involved. Very happy to continue to share information. Well, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show and thank you for the good work you're doing. And we'll see you again soon for our deep dive episode. Money Movers, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure you follow Daniel on all his social media channels. And if we have helped you make your money move, please make sure to let us know by sending us a like, sharing the knowledge on your social media and or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. 
Thank you so much for tuning in, Money Moves audience. If you want more or a recap of this episode, please go to thebankgreenwood.com and check out the Money Moves podcast blog. Money Moves is an iHeartRadio podcast powered by Greenwood, executive produced by Sunwise Media Inc. For more podcasts on iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN.